Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to Old Millennium, a mini episode doing a kind of a toe dip into pop culture topics, but specifically a very special holiday episode for you because tis the season and one of your hosts margo poupard and i am one of your other hosts emily beijing and welcome back Yay. happy holidays happy holidays i can't i like forget what day it is it's that thing it's that time after thanksgiving before christmas or, or yep. even till the end of the year you're like i don't know what day it is i don't know what day it is mid maybe early mid december early mid <laughs> early mid no what? it's, it's a, early it's early early it's early 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 mid jesus Again. And it's exactly the perfect time of year because it is midnight at 5 p.m. for you to stay inside. It is once I get home from work, I am never leaving my house season. Yep. And it's the perfect time to watch a holiday movie on Netflix. Oh. Hallmark, we're doing both. That's right. Not on this episode. There will be a separate episode for Hallmark because that's its own mess. It's also, you know, like yep. the original flavor of bad, good, bad holiday movies i've been comparing it to people as netflix is like hallmark movies but they recognize that people of color and lgbtq people exist Mm, not the ones i watched oh (laughs) no well i watched i watched a few that were slightly better in that department at least one of one or two of them well we have a game so we can't give each other too many clues yeah so we're gonna play a little game in regards to these wonderful netflix holiday movies there's some new releases. They've been Netflix has been making movies at, for a little while now, haven't they? Yeah, I feel the like holiday ones really, specifically. Yeah, they specifically got really into it in like 2016, 2017 is when it really kind of took off. I think the Christmas Prince really put them yeah, on the map because a, I remember yeah, for sure, for seeing sure, for so sure. many tweets talking about how deranged this movie's plot was. Yeah, it was like a dash of Princess Diary or 
Yeah, Princess Diaries. And the ki- and the Prince and Me a right. little bit. Like, I think there's part And then what's that Amanda Bynes movie? Where what a Girl Wants. There we go. There was some of that. And I, and I think part of it is also, and not, I, I know it's like. It was also like, every single trope you could ever imagine all sure, rolled into sure. one. I think it, they came out around the right time, though. It was like, I remember reading a lot of articles right after Trump got elected. It was like the surge in popularity of Hallmark movies. I think when Netflix started to capitalize on this, I think it's because they're so, like, at times dumb, one-dimensional, predictable. Like, you know every what's going to happen in the it's, next 85 minutes. It's really, it's really easy. easy to watch. You don't have to think to about it. on your phone while you're watching it. Like, you are That's not, not how you should watch these points. movies. Well, you're going to miss some really great stuff. And by me, well, agree to, like, just, like, it kind of depends. Because I've been, I feel like there were some Hallmark movies where I was like, I take out a whole... 35 minutes of yeah, this. Yeah, this could very and well it would be, be a very special episode of a sitcom. I mean, the problem is that it couldn't be a full-on sitcom. That's where the kind of the issues up. Right, but right. there's like an extra 30. It's sort of like 90 Day Fiance where they repeat the same information that you already know about like 12 different times over the course of an hour too long, quite so, frankly. So in case you missed it the first four times when you were playing on your phone. Yeah, I guess. And then even then, it doesn't even quite stick because what I love about these movies are... Or I think a good quality of any good bad movie is that it just in one ear, right out the other. You don't really remember quite what happened, but it doesn't really matter. You had fun, didn't you laugh? Exactly, and you know very quickly who's who in this film. Like, there's no, there's not going to be, or very oh, because it's like everybody fits into like a stereotype. Everyone's a stereotype, and some of it also even feels a little bit rebooted from and borrowed from other rom-coms for sure I, especially I the that for sure especially the netflix ones yes. they feel a little bit more ham-fisted of a pastiche versus well it's not like hallmark just recycles their own ideas i believe they really do it's just some other aspect of the holiday season they'll tie it to one thing i wonder if you've noticed this pattern as well before we get into the netflix guess this movie game um it's extremely chaste both yep. in netflix and on hallmark like yep. they don't there's not even an illusion to fucking forget that no they there's one peck at the very yep. end and my god do they have to work for it it's like the bachelor in so many ways right. where like everybody's all about working towards getting married proposed to or like love and yep. finding a serious relationship that they take it so seriously that they just to kiss you, even though they've only known each other for a week in, like, real people time, you're like, oh, my God, I'm, like, so dehydrated by all of the work that I've had to do to get to this point. For like, sure. please just fucking kiss. For sure. And it's, yeah, it's usually at the end of the 85 minutes that they finally share a very tight-lipped, um... A chase kiss, chase kiss. sometimes under mistletoe, yes. on theme, or in the snow. Or in the middle of a town, like... I feel like sometimes they all talk like they are Bachelor contestants. For sure. For sure. Being like, there for the right reasons. They're there for the right reasons. There's, like, the change of heart. There might have been some conflict inning, but then things get better. There's very Elusive much, uh, job titles. Yes, in one yes. of the Hallmarks movies that I watch, this woman is, like, an international museum curator, but chooses to return to Nashville. It's like, I'm going to call bullshit on some of this. Yeah, these are the jobs we all dreamed of in, liberal, like, liberal arts schools. But, well, these like, are the ones that gave you a false sense of security exactly, as a child being like, and you're like, oh, I'm going to be able to get this job <laughs> I could day. be like Charlotte. I could curate a museum and live in a penthouse. Yeah, well, that I feel like even before that, these you jobs know, were... Right. They are... They don't exist. Not that common. No, and if they did, they do exist. You are not making very much money. You are not able to, like, live this lifestyle that they portray. Yeah, as a writer, I do not understand how Carrie affords all those shoes. That's 
Or her life, really. I mean, I guess in retrospect, it's not like she, like, traveled a lot, but even still. Even still. All right. So, the rules of this game. Emily and I gave each other a list of a couple of movies, uh, holiday movies on Netflix, that we were going to potentially watch. We are going to watch two and then try to do our best to confuse the person and have them guess what the name of this plot is. So... The movies that I told you that I was going to choose a possible to of were as follows. A Dog Walker's Christmas Tale. But Tale is spelled T-A-L-E instead of with an I, which I think is a what? missed opportunity. Right? What? That is such a missed opportunity. It's right there. Damn you, English major who worked on this and did not capitalize on such a thing. Or just someone that like just missed the obvious joke. Okay. Yeah. Holiday in the Wild. Santa's Girl. Night Before Christmas. And The Holiday Calendar. But... But what? Excellent. I just saw, like, Night Before Christmas is spelled. Oh, but they did that correctly. Yes, yes. That's yes. what I'm saying. It's like they, they, they got on the right. They well, hopped on this. Well, that's thing. a Vanessa Hudgens production. So oh. she's not going to miss the opportunity to, to punch up a little of bit. Of course not. She was a smart girl in High School Musical. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Okay, <laughs> what were your picks? So my picks were uh, Christmas Inheritance, Let It Snow, Holiday Rush, and El Camino Christmas. It's really a choice for them to also have a movie called El Camino Christmas, which I assume is very different than Breaking Bad's El Camino. El Camino. Well, you'll find out. Okay. Or not. <laughs> Suspenseful. Should we flip a coin to see who goes first? Sure. Or we'll flip my Buffy pin because we'll I don't have it. a fucking coin in All here. Right. I, heads or tails? I call heads. Okay. You go first. Okay. So here is my first pick this movie i best describe it as what if love actually was a less problematic movie and was instead set in a small town and starred a bunch of teenagers who are just trying to figure out their shit along with a few chance encounters on christmas eve with all the plots converging at a party at the local diner this takes place on christmas eve in a town called laurel illinois where we have a girl named julie who runs into a rising pop star named Stuart bale on a train these plots these are these are this is already way too much for me <laughs> i cannot he's a pop star they meet on a fucking train yep, they on have a train a meet not so cute well you she... know train travel is actually quite expensive yes it is it is and I, what a, aspiring pop star is traveling by train get his ass on a fucking I, bus what are we doing here cuts, budget cuts. no it's an, a budget increase no but on netflix and budget cuts oh they have a meet not so wait she... is netflix just sitting on a train i, I... Maybe. Maybe Amtrak paid a lot of money. You know, that sweet spawn con. You know, it's just like, <laughs> oh, we met on this Amtrak. <laughs> oh, there is so much product placement in both my movies. I don't know about you. They have a meet not so cute when they, when she phone that he dropped on this train and he mistakes her as paparazzi, like one of his fans. Oh, wow. They are later stuck because of the snow and they decide to get off the train uh and because this nearby diner called the Waffle Hut, and they have a friendship. We learned that the girl named Julie has been accepted to Columbia on a scholarship, but doesn't want to go because her mom is terminally ill. And oh, uh, one of those classic scenarios. Exactly. And and during this time, of course, they go from hating each other to loving each other, and in turn are nice. Emily, will they end up together? Well, even I though he's know. an aspiring pop star, I don't know. I mean, he so he, <laughs> the pop star whose name is. Stuart Bale. Let's. I don't like. Let's pause. Yes, Stuart. Not even Stu. No, no. Stuart. Stuart. I'm so. I really 
I don't believe there's a lawyer or a lawyer, a agent in the world that would let you continue on as Stuart Bale. I, he would yeah. just like scrap the whole thing and you just end up being like Bailey, one word, <laughs> monosyllabic. <laughs> of course, they have a disagreement when he tries to, you know, very nicely offers to get her mom a nurse so that she can go to Columbia. Whoa, that escalated very that quickly. That escalates very quickly. That's but also this is like Netflix Hallmark World. Everything goes from zero to a hundred. Very good. I mean, sure, but I also feel like he's still an aspiring pop star, so we don't know how his career is going to pan out. Is it stable? Exactly. Is he like a YouTube hit? Like, what are we talking about? What's the longevity? Who is he? Is he opening a billboard at the beginning? Is he opening for Sean Mendez this summer? Like, what are we doing? You know, is he regular spawn con? I'm not really sure. We don't exactly like how much if he does get regular spawn con, how much does he get paid? We've got so many. Where is the budget? Where is the line budget? So we need. I mean, I'd like to know. So, of course, she sees this as a charity case, and they get into an argument. Why is that? He just cares about, he claims that he just cares about her, and she's trying to brush him off because, of course, she can't open her heart. because It's know, also been 12 hours. It's been 12 hours. It's been 12 hours, and already we're offering, like, at-home care. Like, this is an, I don't know what kind of base this is. Actually, you know what? Netflix movie territory. I think it's solid I feel like it's. Base. I feel like it's very much what 18-year-olds do. For sure. For sure. For sure. So they almost kiss. Um, during, oh no! Yes. And then his publicist shows up, who's played by Judy Greer, Darcy Carden. Uh, good place. Okay. I mean, basic, Janet. basically Judy Greer. <laughs> basically. And then he offers for her to come with him, and she declines because the public's like, "Let me get you out of this town. I can't believe they don't have a Starbucks. Oh my god!" And she declines, and she wants to just stay with her mom. Okay. Let's keep that one plot and let's go on to the second one because there are multiple, of course, this oh my being God. like a love actual. But luckily, there's only like two. The second plot is around these two best friends, uh, Dory, played by Liv Hewson, who works at the Waffle Hut that we talked about earlier, where she is just trying to calm her best friend, Addie Down, played by Odea Rush, whose boyfriend hasn't been replying to her text and who doesn't seem to care, and she's having a meltdown over it. And so Dory's just like, I can't deal with this. And just like storms off. Meanwhile, a group of cheerleaders shows up to the restaurant, including this one girl that Dory hooked up with in the past, who seems to be ignoring her. So every time she tries to like reach out to her, she's being kind of a bitch. And I, you're, we're thinking like maybe she's closeted. I don't know. So that's plot two. We'll get back to that one in a second. Um, and then the final plot includes a Tobin and his best friend who goes by the name The Duke. Her real name's Angie, but she goes by The Duke. She's like a tomboy. She's played by Kiernan Shipka. Tobin, of course, has feelings for his best friend, even though she's after a guy named JP who's back in town from college. It's clear he has a thing for her as well. Like, they have a series of adventures where they steal a keg and they go to make this party happen that we're going to talk about in a second. So We're not even at a party yet? We're not even at a party, but the two of them eventually get into a fight when Tobin is kind of jealous of the Duke having feelings for JP, and then we leave them disagreeing, and the Duke has run off with that guy JP. I'm not going to go into any more of that plot. The plots converge. This is the problem when there are multiple plots. Plot lines for different... Not all of them are interesting. Like, no. I'm dying to hear more about the aspiring star. I mean, it's only a much better one. I'm like, sure... I mean, you told me 
I'm just going to go ahead and say is Let It Snow, because you told me that Karen Shipka was in it. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. I'll just finish up the plot. It is Let It Snow. It was based on a book co-written by him. It's the same guy who did, like, the Fallout Oh, no. Stars. Like, it's everything. Well, I, mean, I mean, there is a cancer patient in it. But no one dies. No one dies. You know of. Um, what? You st- well, wait, are you presupposing that there's a prequel where someone dies? Well, no, 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 no. Just that we're left at the end of this movie with Hyde. That, like, oh, the reason mom you're... is, like, all pretty much terminally ill is what wow. we're led to believe. Wow, I see what yes. you're saying. Yes. Yes. Emily, yes. That's wow. That's where you went. Stay. You went there. You went yes, there. I did. I like She's saying that the mom's dead. The mom <laughs> is not dead yet. <laughs> the intertwining plot is around Tobin's wannabe DJ friend, Kayon, who, a la dazed and confused, is forced to relocate his party when his parents find out about it. His supervisor at Waffle Town, because of course he also works at this waffle place, lets him hold the party there. And the party takes place on Christmas Eve. Okay, so like, how are these kids not obligated to spend time with their families? Almost everyone in point is a minor. Like, I don't really understand where everyone on Christmas Eve is all of a sudden free to go about this party at like this diner, which is very secluded from the rest of the town, it appears like. So it's just like a whole mess. Um, but unlike Love Actually, everything here ends on a pre- pretty happy note. So it kind of feels a little empire wreck at certain points. Um, back at home, his mom is like convinced, convinces her to go to Columbia. And she she's says, not dead yet. Not dead as, yet. As you wished. Her, her soon to be dead mom convinces <laughs> her to go to Columbia. Stating, quote, when life offers you something special, you take it. And was that? Okay, I'm sorry. But was that really quote worthy? I, I think. That's pretty much just any influencer's Instagram. It is, and it's also every kind of, like, one hour and 50-minute point of a Hallmark or Netflix movie is usually someone saying a line like this. That is, like, the catalyst, like, over the conflict of, like, I no longer need to worry about this thing. This can end in a happy way. Yeah. So, meanwhile, everybody ends up at this party. Duke and Tobin confess their love to one another, and they end up making out on top of what when the sub. That's why it made me think of Empire Records. Then Dory and Julie uh, end up uh, reconciling, and they end up together. And Julie kind of comes out to her cheerleader friends as gay. And then oh right, I forgot about that plot and line. And meanwhile, our aspiring singer, pop uh, star, he's a pop, pop star, star, and our Stuart the our, pop star, and our high school student who's been accepted to Columbia, kiss and make up and plan to meet New York when oh, she Jesus. goes to Columbia and he is living there. And that's pretty good much luck. it. Good luck, kids. Oh, oh, final part. Oh, God. So throughout this entire movie, the narration is coming from the snowplow driver in town, otherwise known Ex- as the tinfoil hat lady. Excuse me? Because she wears a tinfoil hat. And she is played by Joan Cusack. Uh, okay. And there is one point at which she picks up Addie, the girl who was pissed off about her boyfriend not answering her text, and, and like gets Addie to remember like her friendships and the true meaning. I'm of so, that's all great and everything, but Joan Cusack. It was really random. This is the only. I would say this was the only adductor that was of note in this movie. Like right. everyone else. I mean, I guess I know who Darcy Carden is because I love The Good Place, but and you Karen and Shipka is of course, but like in terms of adult actors, I guess I'm saying okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, and then the kid actors. Like, that was, Kieran Shipka, of course, was probably the most famous. And then Liv Hewson is the daughter on Santa Clarita Diet. And then Odea Rush has been in a few other things. But uh, kids, I didn't know, but I think they're Nickelodeon Disney in the last five, ten years. So there's obvious reasons I wouldn't know who they were. Well, call into the Who Weekly podcast. Yes, I have a list. Okay, so (laughs) my plot summary is much shorter. (laughs) Get ready to, get ready to pick out clues. Okay. 
A controlling woman's only child goes off to college, and she is in turn immediately dumped by her husband on the eve of their second honeymoon trip to South Africa. Mm. She decides to bust out of her type A personality and go on the trip by herself. On her first night, during a couple's dinner turned into for one, she meets a mismatched love interest who introduces himself via negging. Her love interest, he's a real shoot from the hip, frills, Blake Sheldon kind of type of guy. Of course he is. He says things like, I like your boy, and I don't usually like humans, and calls her New York, and not in like a Flava Flav kind of way at all, but like in a mocking way because she's like a New York upper crust lady who lunches type, and he resents that. The next day, she is shocked to discover that the dickhead from the night before is also her pilot. Something happened, a tiny little prop plane that looks incredibly unsafe and why you should never fly two-seaters. No. That's exactly what happened to Anne Haish and... Uh, Harrison Ford in Six Days, Seven Nights, and I also think where did that end up? Aaliyah is no longer. I think she well, that too. One of those I mean, they're just like wildly unsafe. Even yeah. over Thanksgiving, like some prominent family in Ohio, like died tragically. I saw that. Yeah, right? that's just. I mean, you just know. Like, if any, and rock and roll history, like if Buddy Holly, like all these people have taught us anything. Was it like Woody Guthrie who like died tragically? No. No, it's Buddy. It's Buddy Holly. Nope, there's someone else. Richie Valens. Nope. Bopper. Nope, keep going. His Maybe. daughter had a really good. Um, John Denver. I was haunted by a ghost story, celebrity ghost story. Oh. <laughs> yeah, on True TV, they she grew up in Errol Flynn's old house, and she could have sworn that she had seen Errol Flynn's malicious ghost. Oh, is that the same the same Houdini house that like the Red Hot Chili? Yes, but like her dad and her dad was like slowly. She thinks slowly driven mad by yeah, this house, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was always scared of flying. And finally, he decided to like conquer his fear and went That's into like a tiny literally prop. a lyric in an Alanis Morissette song. Exactly, <laughs> he gets into his tiny prop plane and flies and dies the first time he ever tries flying. So don't fly on tiny prop prop uh, tiny prop. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planes, they're fucking terrifying. All right, so something happens with this unsafe plane. They end up spending a bunch of time at an elephant sanctuary where not Blake Shelton works, paints, and bangs an investor. Despite being as a holiday movie, there are only two Christmas scenes that amount to about roughly eight minutes of screen time, making it mostly a movie about elephants with like a holidays and more of like a broad, quote unquote, family message. And not like dumps his investor bang buddy and she, in turn, spitefully pulls funding from the elephant sanctuary. And Mrs. X New York has to go back home when we think all hope is lost and they'll never fall in love and those cute ass will end up at homeless. It cuts to three months later and it's still not Christmas yet, but... Mrs. X New York is using her considerable privilege, her high standing in society, to raise money for these elephants. Eventually, our opposites attract couple 
figure out how to make it work. It's basically she sacrifices her entire life to go back to South Africa to hang out with him at this elephant sanctuary because he says he doesn't belong anywhere else. She brings him a Keurig machine because she always talked about how terrible all of the coffee was and there wasn't an espresso machine there, so she wants to spoil him. Anyway, they get back together and literally ever after, or do they? This movie has the nerve to pull a The Graduate kind of ending. Are they like... Storm, are they like sent off a jeep or so, a safari jeep or something like that? No, like, they just so she gets back to the elephant sanctuary, gives him this Keurig, and like, oh my god, I can't believe it. And then they sort of look at each other and like, oh, we're saved. Like you sent all this money, yeah. and then it just slow zoom. That's, and, Hello, dark night, old friend. Like, <laughs> this was such a bizarre ending. I'm gonna <laughs> guess this is our Rob Lowe, Kristen Davis. You um, betcha. I have w- avoided seeing this movie for a month because it's not good. I did not <laughs> enjoy this movie. I greatly enjoyed other movie that I watched, but this wasn't really. Fun. It was sort of like in Rodanthe. That's what you you know what I thought this had tinges of Nicholas Sparks feelings to it. It was Knights in Rodanthe meets like the lesser parts of Sex and the City too, because she was clearly playing like a Charlotte character. Yeah. And I thought Rob Lowe was trying so hard to be this rake just being like oh I don't fucking care like you're a fucking bitch like just was just so like off-putting and maybe that worked in like what St. Elmo's fire exactly he was like, like 35 fucking that's years a really ago. good point because I feel like he was definitely acting in a movie from the 80s yeah, yeah. and she was being Charlotte yeah and this whole movie was like oh we're gonna just like shoehorn in holiday shit because like we don't want to make a move like we don't want to make a rom-com we're not even a rom-com like a it's like a it's mildly rom-com yeah but they don't want to make a romantic movie geared towards middle-aged people without it having some sort of shtick because who course, gives us elephants, course. apparently. Of course. And so they just shellacked on some holiday Did, shit and then was, called it Holiday in the Wild. Now, was this filmed in South Africa? Or is this kind of like, remember Prince William and Kate Middleton Lifetime movie where we clearly had a green screen? Do I? You, big Africa. You know I watched uh, Stan Markle get Botswana'd. Oh, God. I think they actually did shoot some of it in Africa. Oh, good. Okay. That's it looked a, like they used some sort of sanctuary. Feel, they did have elephants, or at least it looked yeah. real to me. I feel like I can kind of spot some CGI I feel shit. Like that's one of the bigger differences between Hallmark and Netflix movies is Netflix, budget. Uh, budget for sure. It's just like the actor well, quality. Like you're going to get a few A-listers here and there to be in these. Um, well, in I comparison. To I was Hallmark. in it for the Hallmark podcast. That's because Hallmark. I found this out recently. They have essentially like a Christmas village that they build in Toronto. And so they just recycle the same sets. They just kind of, like, shoot movies from July until October. It's just They're just like shooting nonstop. This because week is going to be, like, the Emily, ginger house Emily, they, chur- they churn yeah. out 30 movies Incredible. over that span of time because they have a 30-day production schedule. They turn them out like that. That's, I mean, like... So, yes, some of it does, but... Uh, if you're making 30 movies in a four or five month span, some impressed. of them are going to look cheap. They're going to look cheap. There's not going to be consistency with accents. Like, you're just going to get, you're not going to get, you know, Christian Bale accents. Well, no one's but expecting that, but you're, you're not even going to get 85 minutes of fun. You're really going to get, like, Madonna in Body of Evidence. You know what I right, mean? Like, you're right. not going to get someone, like, giving their all or something. It's not going to be, like, one of the no, good, no, no, bad no. movie performances. People are there for the, the little paycheck. But, but I think to your point earlier, I think, you know, it gives you the amount of acting that it deserves which is scrolling on my phone possibly getting up to like make something to eat and coming back and not pausing pausing. you know like one of those things right okay your turn for your next okay plot summary of course this falls in line with the netflix hallmark movie trope that kind of feels a little bit like overboard or sweet home alabama where it's like 
city boy or girl ends up in a small town is a fish out of water clashes with a sexy single who runs the local local hotel store church school what have you they eventually fall <laughs> it, in love. isn't it always a church it's, town square it's always, they Mu- always local museum local, yeah and oh something's gonna happen something's gonna shut down like some conflict that's resulting in other conflict throughout the town bizarre pressure and stress that yeah, you've never experienced exactly, in your adult life babe, you're like yeah. no oh no will it all work out and <laughs> you're like i didn't even know this was a real problem. exactly and then but for some reason hallmark and netflix made it out to be one and during that time they figure out the true meaning of whatever holiday is coming up or something like that and they ditch the big city life for love and happiness so that's basically a vague kind of lead into the plot for this which is there is a big city rich lady named Alpha Ellen Langford, otherwise known as Ellen, oh. going to... Wait, I'm sorry. Can you hit me with that name one more time? Ellen Langford. Wow. Okay. Sounds like it outered a lesser character on Designing Women. Oh, see, see, I read Wasp into that. I was like, yeah. are we in Connecticut? That too. It could be either one. It, it could be either one for sure. So she is set to receive her father's gift business called Home and Heart, which just sounds like one of those brands Bath and Body Works carries. <laughs> or something that you would find at a home goods. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like you're going through the candle aisle in home goods and you're like, what is this brand? Home and Hearth. And they sell a pumpkin spice car- uh, candle. They sell a apple cinnamon candle. <laughs> they sell a vanilla sugar cookie candle. A Yankee candle, Yankee, whatever the fuck yeah, that means. Exactly. <laughs> there. I mean, it's just ev- the dreams of basic girls everywhere. In order to get this business, she has to go deliver a special Christmas card to her dad's former business partner in Snow Falls, which is the small town where the company started and where she's sort of from, but she's never really spent time there. Wait, where? what state is that in? I, or is that the, one of those, like, made-up, yeah. you know, like, whatever they, wherever Princess Switch takes Either place. like they never mentioned Dandophilia. Yeah, <laughs> I never bothered to even write it down. So Great. what's supposed to be a quick trip to a long ordeal when a, store, a snowstorm strands her at the town inn. Since she, of course, traveled incognito, so no one would know who she was and only brought $100 because, like, what the <laughs> fuck, she has to work at the inn to continue staying there. I'm so sorry. She came, she came incognito. With $100 in, a, in like, a, I can't. In a charter bus. I can't. The inn is run by Jake and his Aunt Debbie, who's played by... Andy McDowell. <gasps> what? She, Ellen, butts heads with Jake because, of course, the conflict at the beginning, and wishes she could be back in New York getting ready for her vacation to Hawaii with her boyfriend. Ellen finds out that Jake cannot listen to Silent Night because his ex-wife left him while he while this song was playing, which reminded me of Bradley Cooper in Silver Linings Playbook, <laughs> who gets triggered Cherie O'More by his Stevie Wonder oh, playing right. because he walked in on his ex-wife sleeping with her co-worker to that song. And I'm imagining, like, this guy is unable to navigate any shopping excursions during the holidays. Because Silent Night is a standard. Like, oh, this one by this one artist. It's just, like, any version of Silent Night. So he can't go to a church. He can't go to a store. He can't go base. Uh, Emily, to, like, life is ruined. Life. He's a shut-in during the holidays. From no, November 1st is, to December 31st, his life is fucking ruined. He's an employee because he's not leaving the ground. Because he cannot bear to listen to Silent Night during the holiday season. So when a snowstorm that stranded initially stranded our girl and causes pe- other people to be stranded around, Ellen and Jake team up to help take people in need to, into the end and hold a charity silent auction. Over time, Jake and Ellen become friends and start developing feelings for one another despite Ellen's boyfriend back home. 
Eventually, Ellen's boyfriend, who does a great job playing the one-dimensional, typical rich asshole boyfriend, shows up to take her back to New York so they can leave for their vacation and eventually reveals her real identity. Uh, Jake feels betrayed that he's been lied to and is kind of a jerk to her for not wanting to attract a bunch of attention. Like, okay, maybe the in-cut thing was a bitch, but like... Honestly, it, 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 I mean, and there are some, like, tinges of Shit's Creek here without the amazing humor. He uh, says... Why, is she a little bit Alexis? She's a little <laughs> bit Alexis. Ew, actually. Ew, uh, David. David, stop. Ew. So, Jake even goes as far as to say that he will not give Zeke, her dad's business partner, the letters that she, and, and the card that she needs to deliver in order to get, make all this work out. Dick move. Yep. As she's on her way back with her boyfriend back to New York, she decides to break off her engagement with him and goes back to Saul's via a charter bus. We end the movie with our fast-paced socialite finding the true meaning of Christmas while also finding love with the small-town guy, all while the hot-town Christmas Eve celebration takes place, where, conveniently, Zeke, her dad's business partner, is playing the role of Santa, and he makes a big old declaration of that tradition, friendship, and love are the most important gifts of all, and then Jake and Ellen dance as, because, you know, Andy McDowell totally fucking negotiated this into her contract, Aunt Debbie sings Silent Night. <laughs> what am, um, Christmas Inheritance. You are correct. Boom. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, there, there's just some obvious plot lines <laughs> tied in not-so-clever titles. I did try to, like, get not use the word inherit, because I was like, that will give it away. I like, also, I heard you stopping yourself. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, I feel like mine will be immediately given away, but I enjoyed this much. I don't care. Norwich, 1334, pre-plague, I assume. A special ceremony. See, special ceremony. I didn't say what kind. I just said it's special. 1334. Emily, it is a special ceremony in 1334. It could be anything. It could be anything. Any you don't. Advent count. <laughs> A special ceremony is about to begin when a pair of brothers take to their horses into the forest in search of a hawk. At least I think it's a hawk. One of encounters an old crone. I'm sorry. They just proceed. He pre an they old crone? Yes. She doesn't have a name. It's old crone. It's just That's him. terrible. You hear Netflix it? is contributing to like, one-dimensional portrayal and of also, women over the age of 50. Women's internalized misogyny exactly. is rampant. Way to go. But they say old crone about... 50 times in this movie and you just you have to it a certain point it just reminds me of like the in the was it Happy Gilmore where he's like why they can't evac they can't evict his out of her house it's cause she's so old <laughs> anyway one of the brothers encounters an old crone who tells him tale of steel birds planes and of magic boxes TVs and trains and automobiles what oh I thought you said steel steel birds yeah planes the, planes That's what I said. okay the translation is planes in this movie. Ah, okay, I see. I'm, ah, okay. She then hurdles him into the future with zero explanation other than he has to fulfill an ominous quest and gives him what looks like an infinity stone. Which means because in this movie, Netflix tries to make an attempt to connect the holiday movie universes. So they try to connect, in this movie, presupposes... The MCU. The Netflix cinematic... That's what... I was like, MCU who? <laughs> All about MHCU. Netflix A movie cinematic, cinematic universe. universe i forgot the m but we all know where i was going with that because in this movie they try to tie it to the christmas prince which i thought was hilarious Amazing. i laughed me and my friend becca laughed so hard we rewound it we're like wait 
Did they just reference Christmas Prince? Fucking when people tried to connect Frozen to other like Disney movies, like. But this is like an overt. This is an overt one. Amazing. And the other thing that they try to do, or the other thing that they do in this, is the characters blatantly watch other Netflix Christmas movies. So there's a scene where (laughs) our cross promotion, where our time traveler watching Holiday in the Wild was like Inception is happening. No. Inception. Yes. No. Inception Love and Game on a hundred. It is crazy. So it's like, yeah, no, I was going to say, will we find out eventually that the NHMCU is all in the mind of an autistic child or in a snow globe? Emily, you and I are in a snow globe simulation right fucking now. We're taking the red pill next time. <laughs> so in the year of our Lord 2019, we meet a teacher with a lot of really nice outerwear, recently been dumped. But fear <laughs> not, based on the advice that she gives one of her middle, middle school aged children about love, she has not given up on it. Visits a local Santa's village with her niece, where she has a meet cute with our time traveling gent. She spills her hot cocoa all over him, so you know this relationship is built to last. Anyway, post Santa's village, she hits our time traveling friend with her whole car, and thanks to misplaced his floppy wannabe Heath Ledger hair and her generational wealth, she invites him to stay in her massive guest house at her insanely large manor. Despite the fact mm-hmm. that this man open- wields a sword. Who knew? That dodging vehicular manner could lead so much. Don't worry, I didn't read anything. Don't don't look at my screen. Yes, I mean tell that to Matthew Broderick. He knows, or (laughs) Barbara Bush, or the Kennedys. (laughs) Exactly. You know what? Wasps are not good at driving, apparently. No, no, but they can certainly drink. They love martinis. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, as I said before, this man openly wields a sword. When it comes to the model world, though, he also has absolutely no learning curve when it comes to modern English. It also, he takes the future in really cool, calm stride. Electricity, whatever. Running water, been there. Computers, I don't give a rip. Unclear if his lack of emotion about living in the fucking future is because he has an infinity stone, but he learns to speak American slang via Netflix, baby! That's amazing. Anyway, within seconds of him moving into her guest house, she dumps her entire emotional purse about her ex, whom she refers to as the douche, which ends up paying off the really funny running gag throughout the movie. He responds to everything that she says with indeed, and he continues to refer to her ex as dalliances with the douche. I gotta say, this movie did genuinely get me (laughs) multiple times. It's very funny. Again, it bears repeating, he has a sword the whole time, and no one has a reaction about it. Um, it's called concealed carry. Okay, I know they're in Ohio, but I don't know if they have a concealed carry. Whatever. No one has a reaction about it. It really sort of upsets me. After he does several good deeds and insults the holiday fair Santa's wife by calling her an old crone, which prompts the line in the entire movie when that Santa's village Santa turns to him and says, Hey, buddy, can you stop calling my wife an old crone? (laughs) He finds the actual old crone and goes back to 1334, but then chooses to follow his heart and go back to 2019 to be with the lead love interest. It sort of leaves, so this is where it becomes very Marvel-esque, is there's a post-credit sequence where his brother finds the old crone in the forest as well, and then she sends him to 2019 as well. Ah. So there's definitely going to be a sequel, which I have a proposed title to, if you want to guess which movie this is. It's the night before Christmas. No shit. Okay, so I have a proposed sequel, which I'm sure a bunch of other people have also tweeted this before, but The Wedding Night, spelled with a K? <laughs> eh? A white night Christmas. Something like that. I wonder if we'll follow the brother or if we'll watch Vanessa Hudgens get married. But either way, A Night Before Christmas was a fucking delight. I had a really good time. It was very stupid. I liked it better than Princess Switch, which 
I, I mean, granted, I did watch it, like, 2 o'clock in the morning after going out drinking, but, like, I, I still stayed awake and watched the whole thing, and there were parts of it that were very funny, but there were also parts of it that dragged. But A Night Before Christmas is, like, a quick hour and a half. There are a couple slow spots, but it's so funny, and it's so Who stupid. Who plays our night? Is it I like don't know. Note? I don't know. But Vanessa Hudgens is really good. I just really found her niche. Uh, yeah, as I told you, now that Lori Loughlin faces jail time, um, I. But I mean, that... we're. But I mean, I feel like Hallmark. I'm saying that they're. I'm saying like Hallmark inspired movie stars are the next wave. No, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like I think the Hudgens is here to take that the queen role and just will be every every year or so you know it's like that and like Cam- it's like candace cameron cameron bure was like the bure. hallmark bure excuse me was the queen well well i think vanessa Hudgens is on that track because this For is sure. her first produced movie with netflix oh nice and i think she's gonna produce princess switch to electric boogaloo where they find out they have a third what sibling what but the guy who played sir cole is named Josh Whitehouse. I don't British. I don't know. I'm clicking on his name currently. Doesn't tell me anything. He was in some episodes of Pole Dark, which I believe is a BBC show. So maybe oh, he is British. He's gonna be in this Valley Girl reboot. Is he? Is he the Nicolas Cage? I think so. No. Yeah, I don't like that. We can't get into that. Let's wrap this up. Okay. <laughs> so, would you recommend Let It Snow? and hair. I've already. I mean, I've already stated how much I fucking loved A Night Before Christmas. Holiday in the Wild is kind of snoozy. I feel like you can watch the first 15 minutes and then turn it off. I like them both equally. I would say Christmas Inheritance plays really nicely into the Netflix Hallmark movie, holiday movie trope. Um, And then Let It Snow is just like a delightful, adorkable, you know, teen movie that is like a lot of its, you know, peers in that genre. Well, this was fun. We're going to come back next week with a Hallmark game oh, yeah. which i think will be even more deranged than the netflix one because i feel like hallmark doesn't get as much press no. as like the netflix ones like i a night before christmas and let it snow i think had a lot of press around it for sure and because obviously on the netflix app uh, christmas inheritance so yeah i didn't watch it i just the trailer auto played so i think netflix will be way more interesting yeah. so please come back next week and listen to our thoughts on a few classic good bad hallmark movies that are going on right now during their 355 days of fucking christmas like whatever it's always christmas on that fucking channel i don't know what to tell you i think they started on october 20th this year like pre-halloween oh my god it's been i feel like it's been going on for 87 years mark my words labor day next year oh my lord i think you're right i think it has to be you've heard it here first folks that's right thank you for listening Please subscribe to us if you enjoyed this podcast. And don't forget to rate and review us. And if you want to follow us, you can find us on Facebook at The Old Millennials Pod. And on Instagram as well, at The Old Millennials Pod. And then you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Me Wrote. And I'm at Emily A. Vision. And until next time, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.